It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 707 on a Saturday morning, 29.7 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. Welcome, friends. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful in doing whatever you want to do or don't want to do in your landscape. As long as you know what my advice is, you can take it whichever way you want. Our number is 404-872-0750. Coming up in the next half hour, DJ in Atlanta wants to know how to prepare his vegetable garden. Livio in Lawrenceville wants to know how, why I should say, peaches are falling from the tree tree before they're ripe. John wants to move his evergreen shrubs. Bob wants to know about his tomato cages and keeping the birds out of them. And Rick in Dallas has a pre-emergent question about his uh, lawn and what we do about weeds there. Let's start with DJ. DJ, who's in Atlanta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, DJ. Good morning. Good morning, morning, sir. I know this is a boring question for you, but uh, (laughs) in about three weeks we'll be planting. And uh, what is the best step-by-step way of uh, preparing a vegetable garden bed? Have you already started, or what's the status right now? Oh, the status is is zero right now. All right. (laughs) That's a good place to start, DJ. Um, Are you going to try for a raised bed or just a sort of a mound that's 10 or 12 feet long, or what do you want? 10 or 12 feet. Long mound. Yep. Mound, okay. Uh, we grab a shovel, and today is not a bad day at all to do it. You take a shovel and go out there, mark where you're going to have the bed, and start shoveling. Start just lifting the side and lifting the dirt, lifting as deep as the shovel will go, and flipping them over. Just That's all you do is just sort of a tilling, Sort of a tilling. 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 Yep. If you've got a tiller, great. If you don't, the shovel is next yep. best thing. Yep. And so you turn everything over first. Next thing is typically I add the soil conditioner at that point when the lumps are still present because I want to mix the soil conditioner as deeply as I can and I get just better mixing by putting about a two or three inch layer and that's a lot it seems like a lot when you put it down soil conditioner you buy by the bag from a garden center pike has plenty of bags of soil conditioner and you lay a two or three inch layer on top of everything and back to the shovel again why 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 digging it all up with the shovel mixing it deep as you possibly can. Yes, sir. If you can find, I'm going to go ahead and tell you to start with this too, DJ. Um, go to one of the big box stores back in the back section where they have all the walking stones and pebbles and yes. edging and all that kind of stuff, yes. and look for bags of what's called uh, paver underlayment sand. It is very gritty. It's a, it's a quartz sand. It's really gritty looking stuff, and that will help with drainage in soil. And if your soil is like mine, it's got a lot of clay in it, you'll benefit by putting a layer, ooh, half an inch, maybe almost an inch of sand on top of everything once the soil conditioners moved in. And back to the shovel, DJ, woogity, 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 back there digging it all in. By then, you're going to have a mound, and it's going to be about 10, 12, 15, if you're crazy, 50 feet long, and you can start planting your cool season crops in a couple of weeks. Now, is the soil conditioner the same as the fertilizer? No. No, no, soil conditioner is usually um, wood fiber that's been yes. ground up and composted for a while. Great. When do you uh, another name for it, by the way, another name for it would be planting soil, but it'll say on the label if you want to distinguish 
what is planting soil and what is potting soil. Potting soil, it says, put in pots and put your house plants in it. Right. And planting soil says, add this about 50-50 to existing soil. That's planting soil, and that's the same as soil conditioner. And when do you add fertilizer, sir? Do, 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 do. You know, DJ, because you're my friend, I want to give you one more thing to do while you're at it. Right. Look for something that has a high middle number. And particularly, if you go to Pike, you can get stuff called superphosphate or triple superphosphate. Yes. It'll have a middle number that's like 40 or 46 or so, zero, 46, zero. Yes. And adding a little bit of superphosphate to the soil as you dig yes. is going to make those plants really, really happy. And that's the fertilizer you use just to mix in and start. Oh, man, DJ, I just thought of something else. Yes. You've got more stuff to buy and do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The other thing, yes. we need to lime the soil. And I'm torn between my advice for you. One bit of advice is to get it all dug in the next two or three days just because of the you know strike while the iron is hot kind of thing. Yes. And the other part of me says, I really ought to tell DJ to test the soil and know yes. how much lime he specifically yes. needs. So if you don't think you're going to be digging today in the next day or so, then go to my website and just type in soil test. It gives you some directions. It says a way to send your soil off to the University of Georgia for a small fee that sends you a report back by Friday, and you'll know exactly how much lime you need to put on the soil before you dig it up. But it's not a great idea to put lime on top and not dig it in because lime doesn't dissolve in the soil very readily at all. Right. So that's why all this gets done before you plant your first plant, liming, some phosphorus, some soil conditioner, some sand, some work, right. uh, all that gets done. But in your head, DJ, think about tomatoes, squash, beans. Think about Definitely. being able to harvest all that stuff in the summertime, and that hopefully motivates you to get all the good stuff done beforehand. Great motivation, great advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, sir. You bet, DJ. Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. In eight minutes just now, I gave DJ what really, really works. And what really, really doesn't work is skipping any of those steps. So if you don't add soil conditioner to the soil, if you just sort of dig up what you got, eh, it's not going to drain very well. It's not going to have a lot of organic matter in it. That's not going to be good for your plants. If you skip the sand, if you skip the phosphorus, if you skip the lime, all of those things add to the success rate of your garden. Listen, learn, do what you're supposed to do. Get a good garden. We've got time to do it now, not in April when you're thinking, oh, man, I'm going to get out here in two hours and prepare a garden. No, do it now, February, March. Get it done before the garden time starts. At 714, Livio in Lawrenceville joins us. Livio, hey, good morning. Good morning. How you doing, sir? Good, fine, my friend. How can I help? Uh, I just calling, you know, because I was wondering about two jumpies, three, I had a home. Yeah. Uh, this past two years, they started growing little fruits, yeah. but when they're out of the side of the uh, goals, balls, yep. all of them suddenly falling down. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask him, what is the reason for, or what, are, what can I do to, to prevent that? All right, there are a couple of things. I'll tell you there are a couple of things. One that commonly happens, and this is not something to worry about, but peaches in usually May or 
you know, first week of May, peach trees will drop a lot of unripe fruit because they balance themselves. They balance the number of leaves that they have versus the number of fruit that's on the tree. And if you think, I don't have quite enough leaves to support the number of fruit here, they'll just drop. They'll abort a bunch of fruit. No big deal there. But the real reason, Livio, that I think that a lot of peach trees start losing fruit from disease is a disease called brown rot, which causes fruit to drop. And possibly there's an insect called the plum weevil or plum curculio is another name for it. So here's what you do. I don't have time, Livio, to tell you exactly everything you need to do, but I do have a source of everything you need to know, and that is go to my website and type the word peach or peach spray. And there's a whole system of spraying your peaches, A, to prevent the brown rot, and B, to prevent insects. And the time to start spraying is when the peach is blooming. And that's not going to be too far from now. So you need to know what you're doing and which products to get now before the peach is blooming so that you'll have them on hand when the peach blooms open up and they're pink. And you can say, okay, now I'm going to put the fungicide down to prevent the brown rot in May and June. Now, once the blooms have fallen, then now's the time to put an insecticide down to keep the uh, uh, curculio from coming and attacking my fruit on my peach tree. But that is key to having successful peaches in Atlanta, either organically or inorganically. I don't much care either way. Both can be successful, but both of them start at bloom time. You cannot start in April saying, all my fruit have fallen now. What should I do now? Well, you just have to wait because uh, nothing's going to happen or you can't do anything, I should say, about processes that have already started going on back in March. So if you're going to have peaches, you start in March when the flowers are on the plant. That is how you have successfully uh, harvesting fruit of peaches and plums in Atlanta. It just has to have some sort of spray attention done to it. Got it? All right, leave you. I got to get out of here. I can tell what time it is up here. It's 717 at News Talk WSB. And we'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. If you don't mind a little chill in the air, there's going to be plenty of sunshine this afternoon. Clear skies over Atlanta, great day to dig in the garden, low 50s, no precipitation, low 30s overnight, and about the same tomorrow afternoon too. So you can put off tomorrow, till tomorrow, what you want to do today, but it'd be great to get out and do both days what you ought to be doing. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And tomorrow, of course, you pick up your Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You're going to save money. They got $256, I think, dollars worth of coupons in the paper tomorrow. John is up in Gainesville in Hall County. Joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, John, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you doing today? I'm fabulous. Fine. Why are you on that speakerphone, John? Because I am trying to open up a wonderful barbecue restaurant at the same time talking to wonderful you. You know what? Barbecue is important. and I think you should come back and try your best to talk to me on the phone, but uh, we know barbecue is important, too. How's this? All right. Talk to me, John. All right. I... One of my companies I worked for had some shrubbery that they dug up that was just going to get rid of it. Yeah. And I said, if you're going to throw that away, throw it my way. Yeah. So they cut the tops off of it and dug a root bottom off, and I threw it in the back of my truck. All right. And I, my shrubs at home is 
pretty bad. <laughs> so right. I decided I'm going to pull those out and put these shrubs in. All right, got it. Now, what do I need to do to prepare that, uh, get, the, new, get my shrubs play. out? And, Tell yeah. me, do you know what shrubs you got that you dug up from the old place and you're moving, John? No, but I can describe them to you. They're, they're uh, a leaf about the size of your thumb, and they have a nice maroon-auburn color in the midsummer. Laurel petalum. Boom! That's all you had to say. Nice maroon color. They'll have oh, yeah. pretty little strappy flowers in the spring, starting some of them right now, but most of them will be in March when they bloom. Um, and laurel petalum, see, knowing what it is tells me sort of a, where they fall on the toughness scale. And mm-hmm. in my experience, laurel petalum is very tough, meaning that they can do some of the pruning and some of the root damage and all digging up stuff, and it'll still most likely survive, I think, in your landscape. That's all good news for you. Um, yeah. So, bottom line, John, a lot of it is almost the same as I told the fellow earlier who was preparing his garden bed. You've spayed up a pretty wide area. If it's all in front of the house, just go down, you know, a couple of feet away from the front porch maybe and spade up an area uh, down the length of the porch. Uh, three or four feet wide, about 10 inches deep maybe. Add some soil conditioner, run to the garden center and get some soil conditioner and dig that in real good. Dig a hole wherever you want your laurel petalums to grow and plop them in and water them pretty good the first day and then don't water them again until eh, a couple of weeks from now. It depends on the rain, of course. Don't let them get real dry, but don't make them soggy either. And not any fertilizer this first go around unless you've found some of that um, EB Stone Sure Start fertilizer. That would that would okay. be okay with me, but nothing now I've got else. Some old 1010 that's nope. been sitting, nope. sitting nope. around for about nope. two years. Nope, nope, don't, don't. No problem. All right. Now, let me tell you something else. I got homework for you, John. I got it. You know where the Hall County Extension Office is on Jesse Jewel Parkway? They have the prettiest crepe myrtles in the parking lot there that I've seen in a long time. They were so pretty that I stopped. I was there talking to the master gardeners in Hall County earlier this week, and I was about to get in my car, and I looked at the crepe myrtles, and I thought, doggone, they're pretty. And so Mm -hmm. I stopped and took my camera so I could shoot it up against the uh, clear blue sky beyond. And this is just an example of what a crepe myrtle can look like in the wintertime. They've never been pruned. The trunk twists around real sinuously. The trees are about... 10 to 15 maybe feet tall. They look great. I just love those crepe myrtles. They're ones who never should be pruned, never need to be pruned, perfectly placed. I like those crepe myrtles by the Hall County Extension Office. Oh. Just to say, just to say, I, I if you ever plant if you plant a crepe myrtle by your Bobby barbecue joint, John, then consider crepe myrtles if you have room for them. We get the right one, the one that gets to the right size for the space in front of the in front of the store there. Sounds great. And, John, because you're my friend, give me a shout-out for your barbecue place. It's uh, Stonewall's Barbecue in Brazelton. Stonewall's Barbecue in Brazelton, Georgia. John is there right now. The pig is out back getting ready. So have a little lunchtime there. Stonewall Barbecue in Brazelton, Georgia. Hey, John, thanks for calling. My pleasure. See you soon, friend. 404-872-0750 gets you in. Take John's place this morning. Coming up in the next half hour, Rick in Dallas wants to know about pre-emerge. We'll get him first in line after the news at the bottom of the hour. David in Calhoun Calhoun wants to know where to plant roses. Kim in Toco Hill wants to know about daffodils coming up and should she feed them or not. And Rick in Sandy Springs has limes that are falling off his two-year-old tree. 
What are we going to do about his limes falling out? Well, we'll think about that a little bit. 404-872-0750, the number on Lawn and Garden. If you want to go to my website, always be aware you can sign up for my email newsletter. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. You can look at me on Pinterest and pin some of the stuff on my website on Pinterest if you want to. We've got lots of resources at WalterReeves.com. We'll be back right after news. Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.36 on a Saturday morning, 30 degrees outside. We're going to go up another 20 today. It's going to be pretty pleasant, pretty pleasant this afternoon. 51, 2, 3 maybe degrees and lots of stuff to be done in the garden. If you have a question about what you ought to be doing and how to do it correctly, how to have more success in the garden, 404-872-0750. Of course, the question right now is about preventing weeds, pre-emergence, things like that. And our good friend Rick has brought those questions to the fore today. Hey, Rick, good morning. Good morning, sir. How can I help? I uh, just want to see if it's okay to put out pre-emergent in the pelletized form and then okay. put some trimetic or generic three-way over top of that at the same time. Mm, I don't see why not. What grass or what lawn grass are you Bermuda. Uh, working? And what weeds are you seeing? Um, you know, it looks just, I don't really know how to classify them, but they're just, uh, you know, a, a little bit of onion, but yeah. basically just... Uh, I don't really know what the weeds look like. Here. You know what? We can classify them pretty easily, Rick. It's easy. You just say, are the leaves grassy-looking th- things, or no. are they broadleafed-looking They're things? They're like broadleaf. Then Trimac is what you use. Okay. Um, Trimac, for listeners who are wondering what that is, there are several brand names of three-way weed killers. Trimac is one brand name. There are several other brand names uh, that have 2,4-D and dicamba and another thing in there. And uh, you spray them when the weeds are actively growing, which for chickweed and henbit and onions is right now. And so Rick is well advised to go ahead and put the trimac over everything to kill the uh, broadleaf weeds. And then to prevent the little bitty grassy stuff, uh, like crabgrass for instance, you're a little early on that, honestly, Rick, so you could wait okay. another week if you wanted to for the uh, pre-emergent, but it's not going to hurt my feelings if you want to put the pre-emergent today because it's sunny and that's okay with me. Go ahead. All right. Thank you, sir. Nothing to it. Thanks for calling. All right. Have a good If you need to know when to put down all of the things that can be made into you know, better conditions for your lawn, you need to know when to fertilize, how to water, when to put seed down, when to put the pre-emergent down, when to do weed control and all that kind of stuff. Go to my website, just type in lawn calendars. Two words, lawn calendars. They'll take you to a page that has a calendar for Bermuda and fescue and zoysia and all the grass you got. And that's exactly what you need. David is out in Calhoun and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, David, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help? I bought a couple of um, peace roses at Costco. Yeah. And I want to know in what direction do I plant these puppies? Where the sun shines. They need sun, full, full, full sun. Um, They're going to need a little bit of a trellis, I think, to hold them up. And nice, wide, soft soil for them to grow in. Beyond that, this afternoon, your your afternoon chores are in front of you, David. Uh, Morning or afternoon sun? 
They can take full sun all day. If I were given a preference, it would be morning as long as you can get it until if it, the sun came behind a tree around 4 o'clock, that's all right with me. But it's more important, I think, to have morning sun because it's gentler sun on up until 1, 2, 3 o'clock. But if you go all, the, all day long, the peace rose is not going to care. It likes full sun. I had uh, one that my mother had given me a number of years ago that was very prolific. I mean, yeah. that darn thing would get 15, 18 feet tall. Yeah. Beautiful flowers. Sure. Big stems. Uh, I'm hoping that these are going to be the same variety. Keep an eye on fertilization. They're heavy feeders. They need feeding every ooh, every four weeks or so during the summertime. And peace, okay. peace rose can get some leaf spot disease on it, David. So think about getting one of the products that has a systemic disease control in it. There are two or three. Bayer makes one, I'm sure, and probably ortho as well. But read the label if it says this has systemic disease control. That would be something to think about applying, or you can go to Pike and their Pike uh, Infuse uh, fungicide is a very good uh, rose leaf spot control agent. I know my mother used to use bone meal. Is that something you'd say yes or no to? Uh, back when your mother was alive, bone meal had something in it. It had some phosphorus. It had a little bit of nitrogen. It was good for plants. And I think the bone meal that's available now, David, most of the good has been sucked out to use for other things. <laughs> and most of it is just the name. My mama did it, so I'm going to put the bone meal down. It yeah. probably is not as good for your plants as it once was. As it used to be. Yeah, get now, some rose fertilizer. And use, use the rose fertilizer instead. You got it. Thanks, Walter. You bet. Thanks Enjoy for calling, program. David. We got Kim out in Toco Hill. Notice it is Toco Hill, not Toco Hills. We know that, right, Kim? Yes, we do. It is a singular hill. Yes. Top of the <laughs> county, Toco, top of the county hill. Yes. All right. How can I help, Kim? Well, um, I have some daffodil bulbs that I planted about three or four years ago, mm-hmm. and they look very nice every year, and they're they're you know peaking up right now about four inches, and um, I'm just thinking, boy, they probably need to be fed, and I have some bulb food. It's it's not just bone meal. Good, good, Should I just kind of sprinkle that around them and sort of scratch it into the ground to feed them? Why do you need to call me? You know exactly what to do. Do I do it now or after they've bloomed? Now. Now, yeah. the rule of thumb, remember, always the rule of thumb is you fertilize when a plant is actively growing and those leaves poking above the ground say, I am actively growing, Kim, feed me now. Okay, great. That was my real question is when to do it. And, okay. that, you know, bringing that up with the fellow earlier, I know that a lot of people believe that bone meal is good for bulbs. And I'll reiterate what I said, bone meal, probably not as good as it once was, but the stuff that's labeled as a bulb fertilizer has the right mix of nitrogen and phosphorus and potassium and things that bulbs like to have. And so I would certainly use that, scratch it into the soil, water it in if you want to, and that's going to make those bulbs really, really happy. Great. All right. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for calling, Kim. Who else have we got in here? we got time for Rick. Yeah, we do have time for Rick. Hey, Rick. Good morning. Welcome to hey, Lime Garden. Doing? What's going on? I got a lime tree last May. It's about say four feet tall three feet above the uh, soil line when yeah. i bought it i immediately transplanted it to a larger pot yeah and it started blooming around christmas and it's had a lot of blooms Good. and then the limes form and they get about the size of a uh fat piece of rice right and fall off yeah and so then more blooms come on the on the branches 
and the same thing happens. They turn into a little tiny lime, and the lime starts growing for about a week or two weeks, and right. fall off. Rick, I'm going to make you a sexual god, because <laughs> that's what they need. It's going to be a sexual god for a lime tree, but that's what they're going to get. And from you, uh, get a Q-tip and go out to your li- or go to your lime tree wherever it is in, in the, the house. Room. And when a bloom is newly opened, take the Q-tip and just kind of move it around inside the flower, moving pollen from the yellow parts of the flower onto that center little white knob there. That is going to pollinate it, and that is what they want because. Normally, they would pollinate themselves because they would have a little bee activity. Wind would pollinate them just fine. But they don't have that inside the house. You have to come into their rescue. All right. Well, I'll call you in the summertime when I'm having a gin and tonic. (laughs) That would be great, Rick. I'd love to hear from you back then. Thank you. Very nice. Thanks for calling, Rick. Okay. Yeah. You know, pollination is one of those things you have to think about what would be the conditions in the wild that this plant would normally get. And... um, what conditions did they maybe not get inside the house? So the uh, pollination for a citrus tree, for limes and lemons and things like that, is they are self-pollinating given outdoor conditions. And that's the deal. You have to bring them inside here, obviously, because they get um, no air, no insects, no anything inside the house. So Rick has to do a little self-pollination or human pollination there for the lime trees. And for tomatoes, they're also self-pollinating. But when you have a real hot afternoon in the summertime, tomatoes need a little help. You take a little brush or a Q-tip or something stick that you can hit the vines with a little bit to shake that pollen loose and get in there and pollinate the plant to get the pollen from one place to another because pollen is what causes the plant to start swelling up, to make its little ovules start swelling up to make the lime, to make the tomato, to make the squash, to make the whatever you have. So understanding just a little bit about pollination will go a long ways to explaining about why some things do good and why some things don't do good for you. Sierra is in Whitesburg, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Sarah. Hi, hey, Sarah. how are you? Good I'm morning. Fine. How can I help? I have two questions. One is, uh, how do you determine what's the best seed exchange to get involved with? Oh, there are two or three around. I mean, you want local or national? Uh, local. I'm actually looking for the best place to buy tree collards and to um, get some plants that are maybe a little bit more either exotic or uncommon. The uh, Wild Center, W-Y-L-D-E, Wild Center, in Decatur is having a seed and scion exchange soon. I don't remember when exactly, but I know they're having one. Um, there are several of the various societies, um, the Daffodil, I want to say, but I'm not sure they are the ones who have the seed exchange, but there are two or three of the of the garden societies around town that have seed exchanges and things like that. The uh, Georgia Perennial Plant Association has a seed exchange. The Georgia Native Plant People, I'm not positive about them having a seed exchange. You know, I don't think, Sierra, that you would go wrong simply by Googling seed exchanges Georgia into Google, and you'd probably find a list there because all of them are advertising right now. We're about to have our seed exchange come attend, bring a dollar or two for seeds, and bring some to swap. Okay, and I, I'll go ahead. I just wasn't sure because I wanted to stay away from GMO seeds, and yeah. I'm actually looking around. I looked at the big box stores yeah. trying to find uh, tree collars. Well, the, the good news is there are no GMO vegetables. 
you're not going to find GMO. Now, you may find um, hybrids, which some people say, well, that's like GMO, but it's a natural process. But there are no GMO uh, vegetables, period. There, there's one tomato, the flavor saver that nobody grows um, because it was too hard to grow. But that's the only GMO vegetable around ever now. Okay. Um, right. And, you know, go online. You can go online. I think there are plenty of, of uh, organic sources of seeds for tree collards. The Johnny's Selected Seeds and the Southern Exposure Seed Exchange would be a good place to go online. Southern Exposure, I think, would surely okay. have some tree collards there. Okay, I will check. Check Thank it out. Thank you so very much. It's my pleasure being of service to you, Sarah. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. It's 747 on a Saturday morning. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Wait just a minute. Did he say snow next week? He did say snow next week, but he's not talking about Atlanta next week. Snow. He's talking about somebody else, poor people in North Georgia, Blairsville. Okay, they get snow every other day up there. Here's your full weekend. Here's your full weather update for this weekend in Atlanta, Georgia, brought to you by Ackerman Security. Another beautiful Saturday. Thank you very much, Kirk Mellish. Going to be in metro area. Blue skies, low 50 degrees this afternoon. And tonight, pretty clear again. Overnight lows dropping into the low 30s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And we might as well do the weekend prize back right now. Ashley Frasca thinking of a number between 2 and 7 to determine who wins a family four-pack of tickets to an upcoming Atlanta Gladiators game at the Infinite Energy Arena and a family four-pack of tickets to the North Atlanta Home Show February 19th through 21st at also the Infinite Energy Center. we got tickets and fun. Who's going to win? Caller number five. Caller number five to our contest line, which is 404-741-0750. All right, let's talk to Martin and Marietta. Martin, join us on the Lonnie Garden Show. Hey, Martin. Hey, Walter. Uh, listen, I recently uh, had some a pot of uh, rosemary. Uh, sorry, yeah, rosemary and one a pot of uh, oregano that I was storing in the basement, and it, it was looking pretty droopy, and yeah. I, I didn't seem to be winning with that. So I thought, well, if they're not doing any good here, why don't I just go ahead and put them outside? Sure. And it was at that warm period. Well, now, of course, we're getting the cold weather, so did I make a terrible mistake? You made a mistake by keeping them inside, Martin. Uh, they good. like well, to be outside. Rosemary is perfectly hardy outside. Oregano will generally sustain itself during the uh, winter in Atlanta. I think they need to stay outside. Well, good. Uh, now, what about any sort of uh, exterior protection, like a pot or something over them? Mm, how long have they been out now, Martin? Uh, about a week. You know, I don't think anything you do now is going to make any particular difference to them. They've probably hardened off pretty well. We had the rain. We had not terribly cold conditions. So thinking about that, I don't think they need any protection at all. Okay, don't very good. So. I, I feel better now. I don't feel like a murderer. <laughs> hey, Martin, if you're not murdering plants, you're not really exploring the limits of gardening. I hear that. I have killed a number of plants. I have repented and tried to find out how and why I kill them, and now I don't kill quite as many as I used to. But by George, some of my plants are determined to thwart my intention. 
<laughs> Keep trying, Martin. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, Walter. Coming up in the next hour, Paula White from the Georgia Perennial Plant Association will be with us. She'll talk about the Inspired Gardener Symposium. It's going to be at the last part of February. We'll learn more details about that, some of the great speakers that they will have as well. And Paula will help me answer questions about garden things, and we'll put her on the spot to see what she knows as well. Our phone number is 404-872-0750. I'm looking now at the copy of this past um, past couple of weeks of the newsletter, the email newsletter that I put out, and it has all sorts of interesting information on it. And the next one comes out this coming Thursday is why I'm thinking about it. So there's questions about how to eat the or how to um, find what is eating the leaves of a holly hedge. Got a great picture from Peggy that showed me that. I have an answer for her of what's going on with her holly hedge. And the guy that had this whole side of his tree that was turning black, what was going on there? That was a stub. I could see the stub in the picture that he sent to me, and so I diagnosed what was going on with his um, with his uh, tree that had the side of it turning black. About Epsom salts had a nice article about Epsom salt and whether you need Epsom salt in your garden or not. The answer is usually not. Those of you who believe you should do what your grandmother did, and usually Epsom salt is not going to do you any good in the garden. We have plenty of magnesium in the soil already. And we got Where's Walter, and we got Garden Events, and we got Garden Calendars, and what you should be doing in your garden. All this is free, 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 every other Thursday. All you have to do is go to WalterReeves.com and click on that little button that says subscribe to newsletter. All I need is your zip code and your email address. That's all I need. We're never going to spam you, never going to send you anything else other than the Georgia Gardener newsletter every other Thursday. At 7.57, we'll be back to more Lawn and Garden and Paula White right after news. Tell her to make me a tile, a red shirt, a deep forest green, parsley, sage, rosemary.